On Season 2, Episode 2 of The Goblin Trashmasters, we're talking all about information leaks and how to limit the information that you give to your opponents in a game of magic. Say hello, Ashley, who lives at with a home phone number of Yeah, like that kind of information leak, but in a game of magic, you fucking weirdo. Say hello, Anthony, who was born in... Actually, I, I don't really know any personal information about you. Yeah, I wasn't really born. I mostly just congealed in a gutter somewhere. Delicious. Let's talk some trash. Here at the Goblin Trashmasters, we love competitive magic and we want to see it flourish. We know that there are tons of local game stores that want to run competitive events like RCQs, but might not have the resources or experience to be willing to try. Maybe they have tried, but they're a little nervous about getting back on that horse. We're excited to announce a new program all about Comp REL that we're calling the Comp REL Assistance Program, or CRAP for short. CRAP is there to help your small or medium LGS run Comp REL events like RCQs by providing them with support and materials necessary to run an outstanding event. Competitive integrity is our top priority, and we can help your store to break into the market of listeners like you. CRAP support involves either assisted hosting or remote consultation with our hosts who have a combined 23 years of tournament organizing experience. All participating stores receive a kit that contains everything they need to run a great and accurate event with things like an in-store event poster, table tents, deck registration sheets, and plenty of stickers and tokens to give out. Best of all, this assistance program is completely free of charge for your LGS and always will be. We offer assistance in the form of remote event planning via consultation or in-person hosting for stores within range of the Lexington, Kentucky area. Our goal is to do our part to support competitive magic not to try to make a profit off of your LGS. If you think that your LGS might be interested, have them reach out to us via our website. The instructions are available at www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. That's www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. Spelled C-R-A-P. Like how a child would say shit. Wait, that's been... That's been like that the whole fucking time. None of you fucking told me. We can't actually have this as the name. You know that, right? Everything's printed, bud. It's too late to change it. No, 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 no. We should call it something less awful. Like uh, the competitive unified nerd training. Yeah, competitive unified nerd training. Yeah, that's way better. Jesus fucking Christ, you're both stupid. So modern RCQ season is well underway we've even some of us have played in our first rcq of the season surprisingly the uh the modern enthusiast has not because life (laughs) gets in the way of fun things most of the time and i haven't been able to which makes me sad because i love modern you do love some modern yeah you could say it's my favorite format I'm like a recent vegetarian when it comes to modern. I like modern, but only if it tastes like standard. Like how a recent vegetarian likes like veggie burgers, but only if, only they if it like tastes like a burger. Flavored. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like, I'm pretty happy with this four color deck because it sure does feel like I'm just doing mid range soupy things like a good standard format does. And Anthony's at home. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, OK, this is great. I like this. It's like it's like tofurkey. It's 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 a. Uh... It's modern, but it tastes like standard. Kyle Bogomis wrote an article for RIW, who's doing content now, TM. Really? Yeah, but he did an article on um, the Four Color Omnath deck, which is called Four Color Omnath Beans. And it's very much looking like the stock version of this deck contains 75 cards in the main. With the bean stock. Which I, I hate. I hate it so much. I know. I hate that, but like the thing is, is that deck is so good at running out of fetchable targets. It's very true. Yeah, <laughs> the deck is so good at running out of fetchables, and when it runs out of fetchables, your Omnath becomes way less. 
and just Very having true. that makes a difference. It's it's a tilter. I don't love it, but fine. But I'll complain the whole time. Yeah. Also, I think that the <laughs> I also think that the uh, sideboard is better, but it plays like Blossoming Calm, which I don't love. Like somebody is just like, I am not giving up on this burn matchup yet. And I want to give up on the burn. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels like you want to <laughs> give up on it. <laughs> I just don't like. I don't want to <laughs> just make it to round three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just be three. And then most of the people that showed up playing burn are just out of the tournament or get Four. your burn opponent to inexplicably offer you the round one draw. If you get paired into them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Round one burn guy. Round one burn guy. Yeah, that is the whole thing. But um, what I do like is that I do get to, in the 75 card list, I get to play beans. I get to play all the cards I like. But I guess that's the nature of it being a 75 card deck, right? Just more fun cards. Yeah. You still get to play Elishnorn in the main, but you also get to, you don't have to like not play Fable of the Mirror Break because you can still play Fable. You don't have to trim on bolts. You get to play four bolt, four prismatic endings, four leyline bindings as removal, which is just so good. That's really good. Yeah, my god. And just like you couldn't play them beans and them beans. Um, the ring in the same deck because like you just draw your deck too efficiently. You just draw too many cards. You just draw too many cards. Yeah, but as it stands, like beans triggers off of in this deck in this list, beans triggers off of one Elish Norn, four Fury. Four solitude, uh, four prismatic ending. Fucking fight me, it does. Um, <laughs> Domain uh, four ending. ley line binding. Like those are that's a cards. Like this list doesn't look like its curve is that high, but it triggers up the beanstalk a lot. It's like mm. what if your fury and solitudes just you know wrecked your opponent and drew a card? Yeah, because like you like your 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 solitude. Like you have to pitch cast the solitude right. You're just like, ah, I have to pitch cast this solitude. I go down two cards to answer one of my opponent's things on board. And like, more. I'm down a card, but I'm up some mana. But like, what if instead you were just like at parity, card parity, because you it can trick and you were up a bunch of mana because you didn't pay any mans- mana for the answer and they paid mana for their threat. Or if you have two beanstalks in play, what happens if you just you're just like, I'm going to pitch cast this, draw two cards, answer your threat. You're like, ah. I zero mana two for one you. Double the beans. And once you get into fury, you're just like your board wipe draws cards now. You're <laughs> yeah. What's the what's the Ashley, what's the card? You're gonna have to help me out on this one. It's the decree is, of decree of wipe the board, draw a bunch of cards. Decree of pain. Yeah. So like it, it turns the fury into a decree of pain that costs zero mana instead of like nine or whatever the fuck that stupid card costs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is it a nine mana black sorcery? Seven it black. I believe so. Is eight. Six eight, into six black. black. Mm-hmm. And it cycles for two black black? Three black black. Three black black minus two minus two draw a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's sweet. So modern stuff. We have talked a fair bit about some like higher order concepts in this in this game. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're here to talk about today might be like the most higher level kind of thinking that we've discussed so far. A lot of mm-hmm. the stuff we've discussed has been pretty entry level or one step above entry level into the competitive space on theory. But this topic today, I think, is a little ambitious. So if you're listening to this and you're just like, I am not anywhere near here yet, just bookmark, come back to it mm-hmm. when you're ready. I'm going to come back to it. Yeah, I bet you a bunch of the stuff that we're saying when you, if you come back to it when you're working on this topic mm-hmm. you, it'll it, there'll be some more context for it and you'll understand a little bit. Ashley, why don't you tell them what we're talking about today? So, today we're talking about information leaks. Information leaks are game actions that a player makes that unintentionally transmit or leak information to that player's opponent, specifically in a way that's unnecessary. Information is transmitted all the time. If your opponent is any good, they're tracking your plays and figuring out information about hidden zones, and you can't really avoid that. An information leak is when you allow that information to be transmitted to your opponent unnecessarily or through an error. So, do we have a concrete example of this? Oh, yeah. I just think, I think that, like, starting out with just, like, a definition is a good spot. 
Yes. Like start sure. with the definition and then examples provide some context to that definition. But there's a lot of information. Information exchanges happen all the time. You are exchanging information all the time. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily call fetch shock steam vents play ragavan an information leap, right? Yeah. Yes, your opponent has gotten some information about the deck you're playing. A lot. They're probably like, oh, right. are you breach or are you merc tide? Or are you, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's an information exchange. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd call that a leak. Because the big thing about a leak is when you are leaking information that you don't have to. Um, your faucet is not leaking when you turn it on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I like that example. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was good. Just simple as like, I play Misty Rainforest Pass. Like, it's just something as simple as that. It's like, okay, you may have shown your hand. Like, just waiting to react. Yogmoth plays Misty Rainforest in the main. If it's Yogmoth, that, that they're, they're not keeping that hand if the player's worth their salt. But there's a chance it's Murktide holding up interaction. There's a chance it's Living End. You know, you 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 just simply playing a land, not even cracking and playing another spell or just cracking the fetch and getting like a triumph or a shock. You just playing a fetch land and saying go. Your opponent could know exactly what you're on just by that. Yeah, I would definitely consider that an exchange of information. I would not consider what you've described a leak in any way. Okay. Because there's no error. There's no unnecessary information you're giving to your opponent. Gotcha. The alternative, just like intentionally miss your first land drop. Okay. Okay. That's true. Like there are like your opponent knows Ragavan is in your deck when you play the Ragavan. Mm -hmm. You are technically hiding the information that Ragavan's in your deck if you just never play him. Okay. Mm. So like I think a really good example of like an information leak in that situation is if you like play your Misty fetch for a Triome and then pass. Gotcha. Okay. Like you're doing something that you don't need to do right now Mm -hmm. and you're giving your opponent more information than they need. Now they're going to, if you you might be in a situation where like I'm fetching this Triome, I'm getting this Rogrin Triome, no matter what, Mm -hmm. still do it at the end of your opponent's turn because they have a whole turn one where they have to make information. They have to make decisions based on the information that's available to them Mm -hmm. and the point of managing your information that you're sharing and not leaking information is to make it so that your opponent is making their decisions with as little information as possible. Okay. So maybe your opponent, you're on the play and you go Misty Rainforest, fetch, put a Ragrin Triumph into play. And your opponent's like, oh my God, you're on four color. I know what's up. And they have a spell snare and a Ragavan in their hand. And they're like, I can't beat a Ren and Six this game. They see that you've done that and then just play their own land and say go. And they spell snare your Ren and Six on turn two. Mm-hmm. Against an unknown, they're probably just going to jam that Ragavan on turn one and get blown out. But because you leaked that information, you allowed your opponent to make a more informed decision than they would have had otherwise. It's like de- deploying, not so just deploying threats, but deploying or just like showing what's in your deck before you need to. Like the fetching a triome, like early, there's absolutely no reason to do it because you just tell tell your opponent what you're doing. Yeah, you give your opponent, that, like they're and I can't stress enough, they're going to get that information anyway. Mm-hmm. The leak is you giving them that information and giving them a whole extra turn mm-hmm. to work with that information, right? You know what? thought of a great example for information leaks in regards to playing your turn one land you're playing living in mm-hmm. and you have a breeding pool in your hand and you have a steam vents in your hand you're going to mm-hmm. cycle on your you're going to cycle a blue card on your opponent's end step which one are we leading on if you don't want to if you want in- to if you want to conceal as much information as possible steam vents yeah why because they would think you're um, Ragavan holding up spell pierce or consider or some, yeah, some, you're like some doing end of some turn. blue red yeah. Murktide thing. It's entirely yeah. reasonable. So you get to uh, you get to obfuscate that information for an extra turn, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably the best example of like what your turn one land is uh, a situation in which your turn one land drop can be an information leak. Because the only the only deck that's going breeding pool shock in go is living is living end yeah okay that was what i was gonna ask is which what does breeding pool tell me (laughs) yeah so magic unlike chess is a game where some information is hidden in chess you know where all of your opponent's pieces are and you know what all of your opponent's pieces do 
and they do the same thing every time, and there is no hidden zone. In Magic, the contents of your opponent's hand, your opponent's library, their face-down exile cards, they're usually going to be hidden from you. When you play cards and they move from hidden zones into non-hidden zones, you're going to be giving them information. Okay. Let's say you foretell a card on turn two. That's mm. hidden. They don't know what it is. But then once you play it, they are you are giving them that information, right? They know what mm -hmm. it is now. It's not a mystery anymore. That information leak. A good example of an information leak with foretell is you foretell a card and put it on the table face up and then say, whoopsie, and then turn it face down. Mm. You've leaked information. Your opponent has more information than they should have. Yeah, so once a revealed card from a hidden zone, like the, the foretailed card we were, we were discussing as an example, which I really like, um, once it's public information and your opponent knows what it is, that they see it, they won't be surprised by it the rest of the game. Now, rest of the match or even. Yeah, yeah rest of the match is yeah. what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Foretail cards or even morph cards, depending on like the format, things that will be face down, uh, whether in exile or just face down as like a card. Um, can still be public information and not really hidden. Just think of like standard formats with All Runs Epiphany or even like Doom's Guard mm -hmm. or, you know, Den Protector as a morph card in that in that standard format where somebody plays yeah. a morph card, they, they know it's Den Protector. I believe the joke was it could be anything, even a boat. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it was Den Protector. Yeah. Like, so like that might not be like hidden information necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like. But, and that's that's a good that's a good distinction to make because not everything that's face down is necessarily hidden, mm. and because of the knowledge of the meta, yeah, just like you have knowledge about what yeah, your what your opponent has in their deck mm -hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think I don't think in most solved constructed formats, I don't think a lot of like things that you are playing face down are you have to worry about leaking information through mm -hmm. those because a lot of the time there's you're not that's not really a hidden zone it's a hidden zone but you know what's up yeah. now like in limited that's a whole different thing right yeah. mm -hmm. let's talk about morph and like cons of tarkir limited cons of tarkir limited is one of the best design limited sets of all time period mm -hmm. wow. in that okay. there is no morph creature that you can play on three that trades up on mana with another creature that you can attack with your face down morph creature and mm. your opponent blocks with a five drop there's nothing that there's no morph creature in that limited format that for less than five mana, you can trade with their five drop or trade with their four drop there. Your morph, your face down morph creatures can never morph face up and trade with something that's a four mana, five mana or above for less than five mana. So, you know that and you get to go and you get to kind of make your blocks on their morph creature with a little bit more information, right? Mm -hmm. So if, my opponent plays their fifth land and attacks with their face down morph creature into my four mana four five. I look at that and they're providing me with some information, right? Mm -hmm. okay. They're providing me with information that they've got a, they've got a creature that can potentially trade. They can unmorph it for five mana and potentially trade with my four drop. Let's say instead I'm at a low life total and they're just throwing, attacking with their small creatures, accepting that I'm going to eat one a turn. Let's say instead they play something, main phase one, and then attack. All of a sudden, that's an information leak, right? They have provided me with the information. The morph card that they're attacking with is not one with the five mana unmorph co morph cost that can flip and trade with my four five. Mm -hmm. When we say that this is like an advanced concept, managing your information leaks. I mean it. It's a yeah. tough concept to talk about because it's a lot of thought process that goes into it. It requires a really strong foundation of knowledge of not just the format, but the rules. Mm -hmm. It requires a really strong foundation of knowledge about the things that your opponent has and hasn't seen already, keeping track of what they do and don't know. And all of this gives you like one percentage point. Usually it's a really narrow gain. So well, we're talking about information leaks. This is an advanced concept and one that we really want to talk about after you're in a spot where you're happy where you are in, in regards to like your own game plan and your opponent's game plan. That's where you start worrying about plugging your own information leaks and taking advantage of your opponent's information leaks. 
makes sense. There are some examples. We've got some examples of different types of information leaks that can happen. We've got some like your opponent plays a turn one Scalding Tarn, fetches for a basic island and passes the turn. Let's start with the super duper obvious stuff. What information has your opponent given you with that play? I mean, the basic one, they want to fetch a basic island. Yep. And that's an information leak because they didn't, if they wanted to fetch a basic island, they could do that on your end step or on their turn. Like it doesn't have any opportunity cost for them. There's no Mm -hmm. real difference. They're paying the life whenever. Yeah. Another one is probably doesn't have a one mana removal spell to hold up for turn one. Yeah. Because land out there. They they probably don't have a one mana removal spell Mm because they fetched a basic island. Yeah. And as much as it breaks my heart, we're not playing Vapor Snag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sadly. (laughs) Oh, Vapor Snag. There's some like less obvious stuff. Like you find out some information about their deck. Like, for whatever reason, they're not interested in fetching for a tap land. What's a reason that somebody would want to aggressively fetch basics in the modern format that we can think of? Ooh, one of my favorite cards, Blood Moon. Yeah, it very well could be a Blood Moon situation. Mm-hmm. They probably have a one mana blue instant. They yeah. probably have like a consider or an opt or something that they're doing. And again, they're gonna fetch this. If they they wanted to fetch this basic island, they were gonna fetch this basic island eventually, right? Mm-hmm. You're not, your opponent is not giving you information that they otherwise wouldn't have given you. They're giving you information earlier than they need to. That's a super common type of information leak is when they give you information before you have to make a decision. When if they had played more tightly and more accurately, you would have had to make that decision before you got that information. That's what makes it a leak. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Information leaks have the ability to provide you with all sorts of information, though, especially if you have a really strong foundation of uh, format knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm playing four color Omnath. I shock in a sacred foundry and pass the turn. I'm on the draw. What are we thinking about four color Omnath? What is the possible reason I would shock in a sacred foundry? Lightning bolt or even prismatic the, ending? I mean, if the prismatic ending is a sorcery, so. Yeah, but I would yeah, probably. It's, uh, it's mainly yeah. lightning bolt, yeah. Yeah, it's really just lightning bolt mm-hmm. out of that deck. Now, we talked about it. Playing that land, like, if you got to play the land, you got to play the land. It's not a leak. It just sucks that you've given up that information. Mm-hmm. But what if I have a Sacred Foundry and I have a shock, uh, I have a fetch land in my hand, and I play the fetch land instead? I'm not telling my opponent that I have a Lightning Bolt when I mm-hmm. play fetch land, but I am telling them I have a Lightning Bolt when I shock in a Sacred Foundry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shocking in a Sacred Foundry and saying, go, if I have another option, to hide that. That's an information leak. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're playing against four color and you thought sees your opponent. You see that they have a Teferi Time Raveler in their hand. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then on your opponent's turn three, they jam Teferi Time Raveler, but it's got a different art than the one you saw when you thought seized. Means you have more information than when you thought seized them. And they gave they it to Ashley. Two. Yeah. Ashley, what does that tell you about their hand? That they still have the other Teferi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you get some extra information. Now, like you all have heard me bitch about this. Don't just play fucking matching cards. Just play matching cards because, God, if you want to play competitively, just have them match because this is this will happen. You was like, oh, I have this secret layer to fairy. I'll play this one. But they thought seized you and you had the regular printing of the fairy. Just you've given so much information. Just play matching cards and they look nice too. <laughs> you can you can play non-matching cards, but all of a sudden you have an extra thing you need to track, right? Exactly. I love how this fucking new shampoo makes my hair look like fucking Guy Fieri. <laughs> it really like, does. What the fuck is going on, donkey sauce? It's because you took your bitch to Flavortown. Now you got Guy Fieri hair and all your shirts have flames. That's just because I set them on fire. Mm, <laughs> oh, no. I have Speaking heard... of fire. No, go ahead, Ashley, please. <laughs> don't 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 let him no, continue. I'm not. I have sold magic cards to players before and I have heard people say, like, I want for the match. And I honestly just didn't think about this very simple thing. <laughs> like, you can give information away that way. So yeah, it honestly, makes sense why competitive it, players would want that. Yeah, until you talk about it, you just kind of like, oh, shit, that's why you want your cards to match, mm-hmm. you know? And it's it's little little things like that. That's why we talked about the beginning of the episode where this is this is a very difficult concept, you know? Like, yeah. 
and it's like small percentage points, but you know, 1% or half a percent, it matters. It can matter for, for a lot of games, a lot of matches. Well, I came from Commander where, you know, they it's single copies of cards, so it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And everybody yeah. wants the pretty things, so yeah, I'm like, I which want is, the pretty card. Which is great because you can have some, like, stupid, goofy-ass looking four of that, like, cost $10, $15 more than the regular version of your card. Yeah. There's a Commander player somewhere near you that wants that stupid looking fucking version. Mm-hmm. And they don't want the regular one. You're just like, cool. <laughs> give me, swap them, and then give me some extra value. There's, I don't know. People still trade, right? That's a thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I find it exhausting. Just shut yeah. up. I will just pay you money for it. <laughs> How much money do I have to give you to end this conversation? That's exactly it. Like, I'll take a loss. I, I, I've, I'll just take a loss on stuff just so I don't have to, just so I don't, like, I don't know. With the career change where I'm not, with the with the recent career change where I don't like my day job is no longer in retail, I feel like I've been spoiled by the fact that mm-hmm. on the day to day, I just don't have to talk to uneducated people anymore. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, and it's really nice. I feel like I've been spoiled by it, though, because I feel like my general patience for stupidity is somehow lower than it was. Like, I can I can tolerate liars. It's the idiots I can't abide. <laughs> Uh, you can lie with Anthony. It's fine. Just don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, then why do you hang out with me? Your pause is very reassuring. <laughs> Shit, I was pretending that I froze and it did not work. <laughs> Anthony, your window, your blinds are open. I can see the traffic moving. God damn it. <laughs> okay, what if I told you uh, something embarrassing about me to make up for it? Yes, please. Right so, here on the podcast. He's admitted to crimes on this podcast. How worse could it be? Oh. Turns out there's no such thing as sexually transmitted razor burn. I just have scabies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anthony. Are you a fucking pirate? What the hell? Kyle, no, I don't want to build up more stupidity debt. That's scurvy you're thinking of. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking of both, so sh- shut up. <laughs> oh my God. What do we think scabies? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Can't do it. Can't do it. No, um, just move on. Turn over a new leaf. New Anthony is nice. Really? Really? <laughs> Relatively. Okay. Ashley's trying to slide out of this conversation real uh, quick. Uh-huh. So Ashley slid out of that conversation like a recently greased up baby. No, see, I like to grease up babies because it makes them easier to slide across the love's truck stop gas station bathroom floor like a hockey puck, like a screaming hockey puck, like a screaming hockey puck if it could ruin someone's life. Oh, my Lord. God, the next the next like big city that we go to for a magic event, I'm just signing you up for like an open mic night because I know you just have a bunch of material on your phone. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. I do have a pretty good tight five. Also, I have like a little bit of a comedy routine built up. The tight five I'm referring to is the people that I have tied up in the basement. Oh, God. There's five of them. I haven't checked in a bit. Number might be lower now. We'll see. What? Might be a tight four. My God. People are really, really going to wonder. I I mean, it's kind of on brand. No, no. I made sure that no one would miss them. Oh, God. No, I just you just pick people that no one will miss and then no one wonders, you know. Is that what you were referring to, Ashley? Yeah, that was definitely it. Definitely people that. Wonder- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just worried that the people tied up in your basement were going to be missed. Not about the whole general concept. You're just leaking crime information and not magic yeah. information. Yeah, this is an information <laughs> leak right now. It is. I also leak information this way in magic a fair amount, whereas if I think it'll be funny, I'll just show my opponent's shit. That's very true. I've seen it. Or you'll just talk about things out loud. Yeah. Yeah. See, new Anthony isn't turned over a new leaf. You're you're just sarcastically mean or just bitchy. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) So uh, an easy way to handle information leaks, especially in like games of limited. Is um, don't play shit on your main phase one unless you have unless you need to. Hmm. Attack first, Mm -hmm. then play shit on main phase two. If you tap out to play something main phase one unnecessarily and then you make your attacks your opponent has perfect information they know that you are not going to blow them out if they do like a weird double block or something like that right Mm -hmm. yeah so focus on playing stuff main phase two 
if you can. And keep in mind that playing a land main phase one isn't always the right choice. And it's situational. If playing a land main phase one forces your opponent to play around an extra thing, it's probably good. If playing a land main phase one means your opponent only has to worry about one card in your hand instead of two, maybe that's a time to wait for main phase two. Playing four color Omnath, for example, I like to play my fifth land main phase one and then make my attack if my if I don't have, if like if, say I don't have the Omnath, say I'm not going Omnath, fetch land make yeah, four yeah. mana, mm -hmm. do a thing. I'll just play the fifth land main phase one and then make an attack, especially if my opponent has the opportunity to double block them because I'm going to play that fifth land and then and then attack. And then if they double block, they have to worry about ley line binding, blowing out their double block. Mm -hmm. And they have to worry about solitude, hard cast solitude, blowing yep. out their double block. Okay. When you're managing your own information leak, that means you have all the information about your stuff that you need to make coherent game decisions. And you need to keep track of the information that your opponent either knows or could reasonably assume based on the game actions you've taken. You need to know what you know, and you need to know what your opponent knows. And your opponent is trying to know what you know and what they know. And then you want to know what your opponent knows that you know that they know. <laughs> Welcome to magic. It makes everyone's brain hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I I like that example too because like Thoughtseize is a prime example where if your opponent Thoughtseizes you, they're more than likely going to write down the cards that they see so they can keep track. But they like, should. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they should. You know, everyone should because not everybody has like a, a really good memory and it's just a good thing to have. But you also have to, like Anthony said in that long, <laughs> long sentence where it's just like you have to keep track of what your opponent knows that's in your hand where it's like, Okay, I I know yeah. I know they know about these three cards. I have five cards mm -hmm. in hand, but they don't know I have these two. So I'm I, it's a good decision for me to hold on to the two that they don't know about if I can't. If I can help They're, it, that'd be great. Yes, yeah, okay. I this is a really I like this example because like let's say very specifically, Kyle, you and I are playing. You thought sees me. You see that I've got one land left in my hand and it's wooded foothills. And then I take my draw step. And I play a windswept teeth. Uh, that's an information leak. I've leaked mm -hmm. information to you mm. because uh, I could have played the, the one land. you know yeah. about. Mm -hmm. You know what my draw step was, and you mm -hmm. still have perfect information about my hand. It's like I thought um, sees the top of your deck with you mm -hmm. playing the uh, the windswept instead of the wooded foothills. And is it exhausting to keep track of what your opponent yes. knows? Yeah. And do that. I mean, for like people, I guess. <laughs> Shit, Anthony's Anthony's <laughs> not human. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to do is when I'm playing, I will say the blank you know about, <laughs> like the Boseju you know about. Yeah. The blank. The Tafiri you know about. Like I will say that out loud when I'm making those plays. Like I, you keep track of what your opponent knows, mm. so that you know when given a choice what hides information and what leaks information the most common way information is leaked in a game is by just like showing somebody something and then changing your mind yes it happens nice. at all levels it yep. goes it happens all the time right i'm mm -hmm. guilty of that one a lot we talked about this like early 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 before we had like reasonable software that made us not sound like we were lost in the matrix or just like recording from the bottom of one of the toilet buckets in the basement I well, say at least you the left the bucket. We'll give you I that. say toilet buckets plural, but I'm gonna be honest. It's one. They are absolutely human centipeded. There's just oh the one. There's god. only one needed. My god. Listen, it's for science. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I think Ashley face palms so hard she poked herself in the eye. <laughs> Through her glasses too. Get. It's like a, it's impressive. It's a, <laughs> you hurt me on an emotional and a physical level. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Ashley, his, that's his goal. <laughs> Ashley has ascended to 2000s era Disney movie protagonist levels of accidental self-harm. Just falling off of shit, smacking her, poking herself in the eye. <laughs> I did grow she's up with Looney Tunes. She's basically the, the Hillary Duff of our day and age. <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all seen that movie, A Cinderella Story? Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking about it like yesterday. Wait, you actually saw a movie? Me? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. 
Yeah, you see, the, the, at the commune, they did get to see some movies, but there was a feature called the Blabar, which just basically decided that all of the naughtiest parts on movies occur in the lower thirds uh, of the screen. So they just have a black bar that covers up the lower third of the screen. Oh, my God. So, like, I mean, she got to watch a Cinderella story, but she didn't see uh, Chad Michael Murray's horrendous cummerbund. So, really, who won? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord! That's yeah. I I don't. I have no I words. Have, I don't have a rebuttal. I I don't. I don't have anything. I'm upset that I know what he's talking about. Um, that's, that's Anthony's favorite. You're spending too much time around me. Like if you're just like, oh wow, an extremely cryptic <laughs> reference yeah. to a movie that I haven't seen in two decades. Interesting. Yeah. It's Anthony ruins everything. <laughs> but all the naughty bits in movies and television shows happen in the lower third of the screen. So mo so churches will just cover up when they yeah. show movies in the rectory or whatever the non-Catholics call it. Sanctuary. Really? Yeah. That was one that I've heard. Oh, my God. I thought the Catholics were self-important. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Sanctuary. Yep. yep. This it's... is where we're going to. This is where we're going to. This is where we're going to pile up your we don't support prophylaxis babies. <laughs> Just leave them here. We'll watch them. Just went silent from laughter. <laughs> yeah. See, Christians. Hey there, listener. Future Anthony here, editing this episode. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I said some pretty heinous shit here that can never fucking see the light of day. So just enjoy this comfortable ukulele tune while we just let it run its course. The fucking walls. <laughs> well, they're in the walls because you put them there, right, Anthony? <laughs> well, they're teeth. <laughs> what do I want with the rest of them? <laughs> uh, nope, 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 nope. Uh, more ukulele, please. kind of they ritual can, are you doing it. with these teeth don't worry about I just it. keep them in the walls um <laughs> no they ascend like the virgin mother body and all <laughs> i send them to god in a cleansing fire i can't keep any of this <laughs> what no. is happening <laughs> <laughs> my it's god it's gonna be a full minute of just bleeps <laughs> it is so an example of this is if you fetch your sacred foundry on turn one and then say, no, actually, never mind. I'm going to get this Jeskai Triome instead. That's a good example of an unnecessary leak that's just caused by changing your mind. These sort of leaks, I think, are really, really easy to fix, at least conceptually. And mm -hmm. I always recommend sub-vocalization. And that means you internally talk through your plays before you physically take your game actions. We talked about this a really, really long time ago, mm. back when... We sounded worse, and that's what got us started on oh, the. Oh, that's, that's how what you got, got us started. Yeah, you all are gonna have no context for this, but there are some things that we had to edit out. That um... <laughs> Anthony went down a very dark path for a moment. Yeah, we got to see yeah. it in real time. It was they encouraged me the what? whole way. No, they they were encouraged. I mean, I, mean, I, I did. I well, felt yeah, kind of. I felt in. I felt I incited towards these threats of violence. <laughs> yeah. So I recommend sub-vocalization or just like internally saying the thing. Like you're going to say, I'm going to play this Misty Rainforest or I'm going to play this Flooded Strand. I'm going to crack this Flooded Strand. I'm going to get a Sacred Foundry. No, I'm going to get a, a Rogren Triome. And then out loud you say, I'm going to play this Flooded Strand, crack, get a Rogren Triome. What if you sub vocalize it first, you catch your mistake. Mm -hmm. and then by the time you say it out loud, hopefully you have gotten through that. Right. Yeah. I, I like having that like inner dialogue, you know, think about it before you do it. And even while you're actually doing the game action, if you still need to like visualize it, you're like, all right, I'm thinking about that. And then you put, you're about to put the card down without you showing your opponent you can just stand it up so only you can see it and be like do i really want this yes or no and if it's no you can put it back you haven't leaked any other information you haven't showed your opponent anything and you can go get the one you 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 really want to get this way if you're you know a visual learner or you want to visualize your decision before you make it you can do it without mm -hmm. showing your opponent mm -hmm. i'm personally of the opinion that i like doing that mentally mm-hmm 
beforehand. But if you find that you're making errors, then if you find that you're still making errors and like you said, you're very visual mm -hmm. and it helped and you're, you're you, you want to like see the card face up in front of you before you show it to your opponent, then um, that's a that, I think that's a really good strategy. Y'all want to guess at some cards right now? Always. I love guessing. I love cards, and I love spinning <laughs> wheels. All right, I'm yes, pulling up the spinny guess. wheel. The wheel of disappointment. <laughs> it's forever going to be called that. I'm on the wheel. You're on the wheel, and is you're on the wheel. Is that why it's the wheel of disappointment? No, I'm falsifying his statement. <laughs> Ashley goes first. <laughs> what? This is, it is unreal, the amount of it's times rigged. this happens. It's rigged. All right. So Ashley is going to go first in our guessing game. And just as a reminder as to what our guessing game is, we each have a card in mind according to a very specific theme. And we are able to give each other some cryptic hints as to what that card name is. Now, if we're stumped by those cryptic hints, we can always ask each other yes or no questions to help us get a little bit closer. And Kyle, that means a yes or no question. Don't be asking instant or sorcery. <laughs> I'm on to you and your shenanigans. I'm going to do it even harder now. Yeah, you better. <laughs> Right. So, um, so our theme for today is card that hemorrhages the most information. These are cards that in order to play them accurately, you have a lot of opportunities to uh, give your opponent information or you telegraph what's coming or it's the easiest for you to just get absolutely just you just give away so much information when you're playing. So Ashley has got a card in mind and is going first. Kyle, do you have one? Oh, I got one. I've got one. All right, Ashley, lead us off. Give us a cryptic hint. Instant right, or sorcery? So... <laughs> no. I'm kidding. Continue. <laughs> the so if somebody says instant or sorcery, question mark, and it's either an instant or a sorcery, the correct answer is yes. Right. He can play this game all he wants, <laughs> but as long as we stay solid, as long as we keep our integrity, <laughs> it, he is not able to derail. <laughs> so my card hold. is hold. Sorry, hold. Okay, hold. Hold the line. Right. Hold fast, hope. <laughs> no, you you can continue. <laughs> okay, I was like, what, what are we holding for? <laughs> uh, my card is a more uh, card that gives information about a deck specifically. So just for that, um, and you're probably gonna guess it pretty quickly. But it is five mana, and five I'm mana. I'm honestly not going to give you anything more than that because you'll guess it's it. It's a five mana card that gives a lot of in that tells your opponent immediately what deck you're on. It it could yes. Is it Obsidat Ghost Council? No. It is no Beeler. <laughs> is it Karanos God of Storms? No. Is it, is a, it a creature? creature? <laughs> yes. Does it have um, evoke? As an additional way to cast it? No. Does it have cycling? Um, is it multicolored? Yes. There's like a little bit of a question mark after that. <laughs> is it white? No. Is it blue? No. Is it black? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it red? Is it red? Yeah, so it is one of its colors you can cast for. So it's red and it's a red-green card. Mm-hmm. You said one of its colors you can cast it for, so it is it is hybrid. hybrid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it a two-drop? No. Does this card prevent you from having Gigantha as a companion? It does not. <laughs> it does not prevent you from having Gigantha. So its mana cost is four Gruel Hybrid. Yes. Is it Gigantha? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it does not prevent what you. What are you talking? Gigantha gives no information whatsoever. It could be like any deck. <laughs> it could be it, it could, could be, be Tron, so... Dice Factory, uh, Prowess, Eldrazi Tron. Yeah, it, there's there's like I'm gonna That's go out on a limb there. and say about fifty percent of modern has Gigantha as a companion. That's, it gives away that it, that you have a companion and you have to remember to reveal it. <laughs> that's true. Yep. 
Specifically, I mean, when you build your sideboard in such a way that some matchups unnecessarily force you to unreveal Gigantha. You're giving your opponent a lot of information you might not need to. Obviously, there are times when that's right, but just last-minute sideboard changes can make some stuff ugly. I've seen that happen, and it just feels like a good example of giving up information you don't need to. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, okay. It tells you that Tron is not playing Dismember. I'm spinning this goddamn wheel. All right, I got Anthony gets to give us cryptic hints. All right. Is it Obsidat Ghost Counselor or whatever it was you said? Not in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) So my card, I think, puts you in a situation where you have a ton of opportunities to accidentally uh, share information that you otherwise would not need to. And it kind of forces you to do it in by repeatedly have by repeatedly having to show your opponent's cards earlier than you would like to. I would also like to say that this card is the spiritual successor to Tybalt. Which Tybalt? Planeswalker? OG? There's no U. <laughs> He's typing it the British way. Tybalt. Tybalt the Fiend-Blooded. Okay, so o- OG Tybalt. It's a successor to this? <laughs> yes. I mean, that doesn't really help. Of course is it, it doesn't. It... It's Anthony. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, I, I assume it's not another Tybalt card? It is not. Okay. It does not have the Tybalt type on it. Front or back? <laughs> it's not a Valky situation? No. <laughs> I thought that was going to go way differently. I had a lot that I wanted to say, but I wanted to <laughs> hold the line and just answer with a no. <laughs> Save it, I guess. Uh, is it a Planeswalker? Yes. Is red in, in its color identity at all? Yes. Mono red or Rakdos? Or mono red no so okay so it's not mono red successor to og tibble is discarding and drawing or drawing cards at random have to do something with it or no is it a two mana planeswalker yes is it renin six it is yeah oh i like that one yeah yeah. so picture it <laughs> sicily 1912 <laughs> um no I want you to imagine a situation in which you have played your Ren and Six mm-hmm. on turn two. You play your Ren and Six on turn two. There's one fetch land in your graveyard. You pick up the fetch land mm-hmm. with the Ren and Six Plus. The next turn, you play the fetch. Your next turn, you play the fetch land that you picked up with Ren and Six. You might have other lands in your hand, but you're trying to manage your information leak. Mm-hmm. You're trying to minimize the amount of information that you're giving up. You have the ability to plus a Ren and Six now on an empty graveyard. Or you fetch main phase plus the Renin 6 to pick up the land you just fetched. Renin 6 in that situation can force you to crack your fetches earlier than you would like, which not only gives information about what colors you're looking to get, because most of the time it's the same, especially in four color. Mm -hmm. You're like, do I have double white? Do I have double red? Do I have Omneth mana? Those are like the three things you want to have simultaneously Mm -hmm. for Fury, Solitude, Omneth, respectively. Yeah. But... By forcing you to fetch early and play your shock lands tapped to so that you can plus the Renin six and pick up the land. Mm. You are showing your opponent that like maybe you don't have a three drop, maybe you don't have a four drop tap. And then when it comes to turn five, if nothing's happened, you fetch up your fifth land and put it in untapped. Oh, I wonder if they have a solitude, right? Because you mm-hmm. don't want to just plus Ren for no value if you can avoid it. But that play pattern specifically forces you to fetch your lands earlier than you would like to and generates information leaks. So that's why I picked it for today. Hmm, I like that. That's cool. It's a it's like a like a, a deep dive into information leak. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, All you're right. the last one. All right. I'm gonna give you one hint for the card. Is uh, it Yogg Ragged? No. Uh <laughs> It's Ragavan's worst nightmare. Oh, is it Orcish Bowmasters? Nope. Renin Six? Nope. Oh, is it Young Wolf? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because playing a turn two, a turn one Young Wolf, you have immediately yeah, given y- away y- what your deck is. Yeah. It's er- all the information. You have given every single bit of information about your deck when you go Blooming Marsh Young Wolf. Oh, it's Yogmoth. Is there a is there a one drop in that deck that doesn't immediately expose you as being Yogmoth? Is there a one-mana play in that deck that doesn't immediately expose you? If you go Misty Rainforest, get a Forest, play Delighted Halfling, maybe. 
Okay. Like that's the only one I can really think of because every other card, like a uh, overgrown tomb, your fetch lands, or just playing blooming marsh, like Yogmoth, it it's Yogmoth. you're gonna yeah. it's Yogmoth. Like it's always Yogmoth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very ha- hard to hide. Yeah, <laughs> playing Yogmoth. So I guess like the moral of the story, information leak wise, is as a reminder, information leaks are not just exchanges of information. They're not just information that your opponent gets. Your opponent gets information all the time. Cards have text on them. When your opponent sees the card, they see the text on them and they know what's going on. Information leaks are when you unnecessarily provide information that they should not have yet. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you're just priced into playing the young wolf and your opponent gets information, you know? Yeah. And you're not stoked about it, but it's the right call. Yeah. And if you were worried about leaking information and playing Yogmoth, like I why play it like the cards are all on the table literally and yeah, figuratively you, yeah your you opponents that that, that's the thing about Yogmoth is your opponents know what's coming yeah they know what's up i love young wolf oh man what was that what movie was that from <laughs> it was easy for him because he didn't know it was coming i i'm drawing a blank but it's not gonna be easy for you is no that idea. something al pacino said because you know it's coming from the notebook? The notebook? No, 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 no. Uh, it was from, it's that, that is actually, I remember it now. That is a quote from a made up movie that was featured in Urban Legend. <laughs> it was a clip that was playing on the screen during the movie Urban Legend that a security guard was watching. She was like watching a fictionalized black exploitation film that's a deep cut in a deep cut i'm like 90 percent that deep cut was the post colon portion of the title for the urban legend sequel actually yeah, yeah. it's a non it was three it was like 10 seconds of a non-existent movie that occurred in a movie that i love but doesn't doesn't get its flowers i really don't think people respect urban legend the way they should i have no idea what that movie is i haven't even heard of it yeah. It has Rebecca Gayhart in it. Oh, that's why you love it. Oh, she's the actress that killed that child with her car in Berea. She's from Berea, Kentucky. Like it had Jared Leto in it too. The guy from Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yeah, it's Morbid Time. <laughs> and that's the one he did the soundtrack for that owl movie. Oh shit! Yeah, owl movie. Do you the... mean like Guardians of Gahul or whatever? Yeah, the guardian, the owl guardians movie. <laughs> the the guardians of the Gabagool. <laughs> Guardians of the Gavagul. <laughs> oh my god. Who, who, who stole my smoked sliced meat? <laughs> we you just get need it? a shot for shot remake. That owl impression I did was very Italian American. You have to keep that. Are you talking about the baby? Because that's gone. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.